Exit. Exit. Matt's going to talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer, and I'm going to listen. Uh, I didn't want to start with this. Okay, then no. we'll just... Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about something no. else, and then we'll talk about it later. No. Actually, yeah, let's just talk about it because that is what I was doing last night. I did the I did the double feature Barbenheimer. That's what you're all girlf- here for. Uh, because we, uh, well, obvi- like honestly, our schedules are pretty tight anyway, so it made sense to see both of them uh, in one go instead of splitting that up into two weekends. Mm. Um, out the gate, Barbie was better. That's unsurprising. Yeah, it's not surprising to me either, but I know a lot of people are very uh very in love with Christopher Nolan. So, um I think I'm going to like Oppenheimer more, but I'm sure Barbie will be the objectively better movie, but I think you're going to like Barbie more. And I'll tell you why because Barbie is a comedy. Well, I know I'm going to like Barbie. I know, but I I think that you're going to find the sense of humor is right up your alley. It's very absurdist, and I I thought that it was Good. just kind of teasing at that from the trailers, but the the sense of humor in this film was downright dumb at some points, and I really appreciated. That. I do I do like a little bit of dumb. That that does make me happy. Yeah, I won't spoil anything specific, but it it was very enjoyably stupid, um, but knowingly so. And they took a, a lot of pot shots at uh, Mattel in the in the run of the film. I feel uh, like you kind of have to, because if you're doing, like, what is essentially sucking your own dick as a movie, you have to be a little self-aware about it. Otherwise, you look like, you know, trash. Yeah. And I, like, don't get me wrong. This is still an expensive ad, right? And Oh, and it's going to work. And yeah, exactly. And I, I still think it has a lot more artistic integrity than, you know, Marvel movie number 79. Well, there's a reason they picked Greta Gerwig for it, you know? Right. She knows they, they what she's somebody. doing. They wanted somebody with a vision. Yeah. And that definitely played out here. And Oppenheimer, I think... on the other hand, was... Um, well, it, it wasn't as fun, obviously, but it was... Uh, it, I wouldn't it want it to be fun. If it was fun, I'd be concerned. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I, I just think Barbie succeeded better in doing what it wanted to do. Um, mm. The uh, the friggin' third act of Oppenheimer is just I've heard snoozes. It's, it's very slow. Yeah, and not in a not in a, a slow build to satisfaction kind of way because the first and second act both do that and they it, it works very effectively mm. and it's very entertaining and all of the all of the acting in this film is awesome i i can't contest that in the slightest but i can't even pronounce the best his name but the lead actor is it killian murphy or chili it murphy? is i believe it's killian okay killy murphy i mean everybody's in love with him already so like he's 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 gonna be uh, a hot topic for the next uh, little bit for sure definitely an oscar nom uh he i like when i can watch a film and i've i've seen killian in a dozen other movies but at a certain point i stop seeing killian and i start seeing oppenheimer you know who did it, who it did happened... it better killian murphy or nice peter from epic rap battles <laughs> I, need I to am know. become deaf. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, yeah well, Killian obviously, but okay. That's I um, thought he did pretty good, but that uh, you just threw off my like you just you didn't even derail me. You just kind of blew up the train tracks. That's what I'm here for. I do yes, love a is. little bit of terrorism. <laughs> that one's going on the record. Yep, <laughs> just a little bit. Don't get out of you know get crazy about it. You know. Yeah, don't uh, don't start don't start don't don't uh, don't don't uh, Oppenheimer Honestly, was really entertaining. Though. I would have just uh, left it at one tower. Oppenheimer <laughs> wouldn't have clearly. Uh, yeah, 
and that's you know what i appreciate that we got a, a historical biopic and it wasn't like an american heroics kind of thing because that was a, that was part of what i was worried about with this film that it was going to be like oh look at the little baby when he's when he's did somebody's bomb kill people <laughs> Yeah, um, I had a feeling that, like, based on how it was being presented, like, in trailers and stuff, it was like, yeah, this isn't going to be, like, celebratory in any way. It's going to be very just kind of, yeah, here He was not is. a good person. No. And it I'm not going to... not kind. I, I, I got to mention, so I haven't seen either of these films yet. Mm. Keyword being yet. I will see them. And maybe there'll be a follow-up episode up. Uh, it fell follow up episode two this where I say my thoughts, but when you're saying that the last the third act was boring, I can only imagine it was done maybe on purpose based on what I know about Christopher Nolan because it's supposed to be like a you know make your bed and lie in it and the the ending is supposed to be boring doesn't mean it's a good choice. I just mean it was probably intentional to be extremely drawn out and upsetting and boring and whatever. I just felt like... But I haven't seen it yet, so... It didn't... Like, it. I was fine with what was being presented in the third act. I just realized that there was, like, two things running in parallel, and one of them had significantly less stakes than the other. Mm. Because that's how Nolan does his stuff. He tells his stories in parallel. Um, but... The, the 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 more important plot point should have received more attention and it would have taken less time to tell it if that makes sense okay so well, I'll, I'll i just keep that in mind when i watch it in a year yeah um let me go over particular you know what i did find somewhat distracting is that um there are there are some appearances in this film and I hope you don't mind me spoiling some some cast. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, cast is fine. Um, because I know RDJ is there. Yeah, uh, he was. I think he did the best out of anybody in this film. Um, that was that was like maybe it's just because I'm so used to RDJ Iron Man, but he's a good actor, man. You know, we should okay. One of these days, we need to watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. He's so he's funny, but he's he's just like he's good in it. He's just like that was, um, I think that was the first thing post um, drug rehabilitation era. That was like his first big I'm I'm coming back role, and then of course Iron Man was the one that cemented him. But right. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was before that the knockout. Yeah. And but people, it was like oh. He came, he came back, he knocked it out of the park, and yeah. people were like, oh. What are, you, what are you doing, RDJ? You're supposed to be on drugs and in jail. Yeah. Um, some of the lesser, uh, I guess just, uh, I shouldn't say lesser performances, but like lesser, like talked about uh, yeah. appearances I, in this I hear film. Michael Sarah did a really good job in this. <laughs> Stop. The cognitive dissonance is gonna kill me from conflating these two films. Yeah, um, I think it's funny. Like it's it's a funny bit, and I got sick of it pretty quickly. But then I got unsick of it as well when it became like, you know what? Why not? Let's conflate these two. It's the exact same thing that happened with um, uh, like Doom and Animal Crossing. Yeah, where it's just like, okay, lean into it to such an extreme degree that it's now funny again. Yeah. And I appreciate it. And you know what? From what I've heard, these films do have a bit of a dialogue with each other. Eh. For um, people who couldn't see that, Matt just waved his hand horizontally up and down a little <laughs> bit to uh, show an emotion relating to... Um, meh. Not content nor discontent. <laughs> Rami Malek is in this movie. I love it's, him. It's very distracting because he's not like like Killian Murphy is done up in like like some effect makeup and he has a haircut to make him look a bit more like Oppenheimer and he, you know he has the face structure for it. Yeah. Um so I don't look at him and think that's Killian Murphy. I look and I go, "Okay, this is this character that I'm following." Um sure. Rami Malek shows up for a total of about 10 or 15 minutes in this film and each time he shows up I'm like, "Hi Rami." It's just he like does. I didn't even catch his character's name. Listen, this is not a dig at, at Rami Malek as a as a visual individual, but like 
some people just gotta look and you can't wipe that away like yeah i watched bohemian rhapsody and i loved it i don't care what anybody else says but i never was like oh that's freddie mercury i was like Rami Malek's like he's doing a pretty good uh, Freddie Mercury impression, <laughs> but that's not yeah. him. He just, just he doesn't yeah. he's got too much of a look, you know. Um, it's what fucking was it what, hacker? Who's a he's a hacker boy? What was that? What was Mr. TV? Robot? Oh, he's Mr. Robot. Yeah, he's a robot that's boy. I'll, that's what I'll always think of him as. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll always think of him as that the new guy in um, Short Term Twelve. Of course. Um, Robert Downey Jr. kind of disappeared into his performance, too. But then, like, again, it's just every now and then, like, Jack Quaid is in this, and oh, he just shit. he just kind of pops up, and every now and then I'm like, hi, Huey. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He does. <laughs> he's also the kind of guy where it's like, you can't really. He's, he's the perfect kind of, like, everyman where you see him, and it's just like, oh, yeah. You're here. Okay. Um, Josh Peck is in this movie for like f- five minutes. I've seen the memes where it's like, haha, they put Josh in Drake, Josh? Uh, Drake and Josh, uh, and Jake and Drake and yep. Drakenheimer. Yeah. And that was, is like, oh man, that's very funny. He is an actor, so he can appear in films. That is crazy. Drake, where's the plutonium core? It's right here. Yeah. Go get it. Yeah, okay. Edit in the sound of someone banging into a wall. Just a really loud bonking noise. (laughs) Dude, Um, there's a meme, and it's so unbelievably funny, and I can't show it to you until you've played, until you've completed Mother 3, because it's a reference that is so specific to that Drake, uh, Drake and Josh scene and the ending of Mother 3 and I can't tell you about it without unbelievably spoiling it but it's All the right. funniest shit in the world and I can't wait um Barbie I'm gonna come back to Barbie now because uh, I, I haven't much else to say about Oppenheimer uh, I got a like, question because they got you know the okay I'm gonna look up because I don't remember her name but I, I just know what she looks like I want to say her name is Emily it's probably not Emily. Give me a second. Emily Blunt? Yeah, no. What is her name? Emma Mackey. Yeah. That's who I was thinking of. Because there's a whole joke that, like, there's a string of white women who look exactly like um, like her, and Emma Mackey is one of them. Have you not seen that? I'm okay. unfamiliar. I'm going to say, there's, like, seven different Hollywood women who look exactly like Margot Robbie. And Emma Mackey is one of them. I just wanted to know if they make a joke about that because she's in this. And I wanted to know if they did like a two You know, Barbies. I came, I did come back from the bathroom and my, my girlfriend told me that I missed a joke about how they shouldn't have cast Margot Robbie because of perfect looks or something. Oh yeah, I know. I, I know there's a, there's a joke in the movie where they're, they make a thing about her not being beautiful and it's like, what? Yeah. It, Margot Robbie. Uh, Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you the, cause there's like there's five of them. <laughs> okay. Is, is Cara Delevingne another one of them? Um. Uh, Jamie Presley is another one of them. There's so many. I genuinely I, and now I can't tell if these are actually the same person. Here's a good one. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. I'll send it to you a second, and you can put this on the the thing if you would like because it's just kind of like yeah you got me with that one um keep saying things while i uh, find it sure i i think that you know it's funny that you're getting like an image that's like all white women look alike and i'm about to praise the feminist qualities of this film but you know it it, did you see it it wasn't (sighs) do you get it yeah they're all the same okay so is there is does she also play a barbie emma um, mackie all the girls in this movie are barbie except two okay so i'm gonna go um, with yes in yes. that case if there's not a joke about them looking like the same person 
that's a waste. Because I might have missed it. That's because I mean that's just like an obvious like. Well, I think that uh, again, I pro I missed something about them t- in the film talking about casting Margot Robbie. So, my apologies for my bladder. Sure. Uh, but this um. You know, for a long time, and I know that you disagree with me on this, but I have found the just, like, mainstream attempts at feminist humor in big blockbuster films to be lacking. And that's not sure. because I that's not because I hate women. It's because, to me, it <laughs> <I> feels mean, <laughs> like... <laughs> nobody, was, nobody was thinking that until you brought it up. But now I, that you I, brought it up, I'm, I'm trying to be absolutely that. explicit here in saying <laughs> that it's not that I dislike the the addition of let's say Aquafina in Shang Chi. It's sure. that I feel like her dialogue is was edited by some executive who uh, said, "Oh, we need we need to have her make a vagina joke here." I remember really liking her in that movie, and I don't remember her making a vagina joke she absolutely does what was it it was on the plane is it when they're on the plane to stop it (laughs) bitches am i right (laughs) you can't say that right now (laughs) anyway we have context freeman there's no such thing as context in the modern age context is nothing so Barbie is uh, white, huh? That's crazy. <laughs> you know, personally, I don't think we've had enough. You know what? No, I'm going to go there. But they made the Little Mermaid black. Honestly, why should Barbie still be white? Listen, what I was going <laughs> to say is for the longest time, I have just felt like I was like, I don't know. I would see feminist humor in mainstream films, in big blockbuster films, and I would go this feels like it doesn't have the bite that it should it feels like it's trying to appease like people in their 40s that would go haha yeah women should have rights do you and know what i think the the a good parallel that'll maybe take some heat off your back is it's the same thing as when modern things make jokes about video games and then you're you know what video games are actually like and you're like wow, that's really out of place and doesn't fit because clearly the person who wrote this joke is not up with the times. It's the same thing with feminism where it's people writing them who don't really know what they're talking about. It's not that feminist jokes are inherently bad. It's that the people who are writing them don't actually know where feminism is right now. Or it was shoehorned in because it's... Uh, it's not to say that, like... Just give me one minute, please. I'm going to go deliver some bullets. Absolutely. He's talking about his dog, by the way. He's going to shoot his dogs. So while I have you here, I guess I'm going to talk about... um, I don't know, man. I don't really know what I want to talk about. I don't really... I didn't have anything planned for today. I was really hoping Matt was going to talk the entire time because I didn't really... I've been really busy lately. I've been finishing school up for summer. And uh, I just don't really want to... I'm just kind of here. I was just, you know, I'm a supporting role today. So very cool of him to just kind of leave me here without any warning or preparation. I don't have anything to talk about or, I mean, I could say whatever I want, say something really offensive and Matt will miss it. Probably miss it when it is, it's in editing and make him look really bad. I wouldn't do that though. Right? I wouldn't say anything super offensive. Anything more offensive than I've already said, right? (sighs) This part should definitely be cut out. Oh good, Matt's back. With a white bitch. I'm glad you didn't hear that. (laughs) Oh man. I'm talking about his dog, by the way. A canine. More like a K-10. Am I right, guys? He's in jail. Um, Am I right, guys? Please say yes. No. 
Um, <laughs> wow, that's that's gonna make you look real bad in the edit, man. Hey, this is editing Matt here. Fuck you, Freeman. <laughs> I just said feminine rights. Am I right, guys? And uh, you I was just like, said there's no. like a 50-50 chance of me coming back, and you were like, like I just assumed that you were saying some slanderous bullshit. Like Matt goes out of his way to burn pride flags in his spare time. <laughs> I would never do that to you. Well. But clearly I know where you stand on all this. What I've been trying to get at for about 10 minutes now is that the Barbie movie does feminist humor in a very, very, very good way. And it's still not revolutionary. It was never going to be. But it's so much funnier, so much Mm. more absurd. And it's not... I don't take it as preachy. There are people who are saying that this movie is super preachy and like you know, anti-man, and those people didn't watch the movie. Um, yeah, you could say that, about, you could say any joke that deals with any form of politics is preachy, because every joke is coming from a specific viewpoint. Yeah. Like, it, sure, it's, a Barbie movie was not going to be anti-feminist, you know? Sure, but it wasn't, but it also wasn't going to be, like, you know, telling you to burn down the government oh well that's a shame well they they, they get close okay well compromises you know they're dealing with a big brand as close as you can get i think if we're in an era where everything is you know brands and 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 franchises and stuff at the very least if you can inject some humanity in there it's better than having soulless shit, you know? You know what? That was that was the part that surprised me the most. There are moments of, like, genuine, sincere emotion in the midst of all of the stupid, absurd comedy in this film. And it was it was very touching. I like that. Like That's nice. If if I may describe a scene broadly. Describe a scene as broad as you can. Broads, there, am I right? There's a moment where <laughs> there's a moment where Barbie has to like kind of take a moment and stop just doing things and sit down and clear her head. And when she does sure. this, there's a like d- like the imagery and how she's experiencing the world for a minute really just can do you mind <laughs> your mansplaining right now. I don't know if your mic picked it up. Actually, I do, because I, I heard it, so I really hope that makes it into recording. Just the most upsetting squeaks. He's really upset. Yeah, this, she's, she just starts, like, I don't know, just like kind of people-watching um, as she's trying to clear her mind, and she's just taking in reality in a very... Like, there's no narration. She's not talking to herself. She's just experiencing things. And I thought that was very beautiful. Nice. And I didn't expect that from See, this the, film, despite again, like, it being I, Greta. I know when you, yeah, when you get into a franchise stuff, you do get sort of, um, not held back, but like you get you get restricted in some areas. A lot and of areas, but I'm glad not that. Here. Yeah, I'm glad that Greta got to to spread her wings a bit. I actually, uh, me and Kat had talked about this, our mutual friend Kat, about how um, the reason why Guardians of the Galaxy franchise works so well is because James Gunn is being held back. If you've seen his work outside of Marvel, um, he's a very intense um, director with language and violence and gore and just extreme shock humor. Right. Um, and of course with Marvel he had to dial it down a whole lot Um, and I think I don't know if this is a hot take or not but like I think his work is improved by being sort of corralled just a little bit you know in the Marvel way because what he does is so extreme and like obscene at times that it's like he has good messages and I want him to succeed but at the same time it's like dude fucking chill out he needs to chill out just a little bit yeah. and marvel makes him chill out like i don't know if you've seen 
I haven't seen it because I'm absolutely terrified to. One of his, uh, like, he does, like, a horror movie. It's about, like, bugs. I don't even know, man. I don't want to. I don't want to watch called? it. What's it called? Bugs. I don't. It's like squirm, wor, wormy, squirmy worms. Wormy. What is it called? I wish it was that fun. Um, where is it? <laughs> Slither. Slither. Yeah. And it's I. I don't know, man. So I don't know. See, I don't know anything on about IMDb. that. Is that good? I no. Yeah, okay. the effects to this look grotesque. Yeah, it's just like he needs. He has like his stories at the end of the day are about like. But he watched Video Drome one too many times. Yeah, well, like he does. Like he's he's all about love and friendship and family and and nice stuff like that. But he masks it with a bunch of gross stuff, and mm. it's like. You don't always have to do that. One of my favorite fun facts about him. Um, he has a series. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, I think it's... What is it called? Uh, it's called James Gunn's PG Porn. And it's literally... he. It was a TV... It was a short-lived uh, web series in which he hires porn actresses and they do skits where it's like a, a standard like porn scenario, but then they never have sex. It's just like funny things happening. And it's like, yeah, that sounds about right. And he's that, cast himself in a couple of the episodes. Like it's just him or another actor and a porn actress not having sex and doing the actual porn acting. And it's like, but it's still yeah, horribly right. written. It's still horribly written and acted. Yeah, the tagline is for people who love everything about porn except the sex. That's pretty... So I'm not going to lie. I think that sounds kind of funny in concept. Oh, it's very funny in concept. I don't know about the execution because, again, I watched them. But he just he has that kind of vibe where it's like he's always been the shock jock kind of guy. And I think being reined in helps that. As for Greta Gerwig, I don't know because I haven't seen Barbie and all the movies of hers that I've seen, she has not been restricted in any way and she's very good when she's not restricted, so I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, and there's obviously, I feel like I'm beating a drum that's been beat for years, but I, uh, I don't know, I like it, it's, I feel like it's obvious that when you have restrictions in place, whether they're around what kind of content you can show, budgetary restrictions, uh, you know, you're just going to make better things because you have to try to create, like you're an auteur, you have a vision, and mm. that you're trying to get that through this filter while losing as little of the vision as possible. And That's the thing is like, that there's a creativity. difference like yeah it's just funny to me like Greta Gerwig as an auteur is it's just very funny to me to picture like the Mattel CEO and like all the people just being like okay we need someone to represent our brand let's pick someone who is very like has a very specific vision and then water it down you but know that's the thing like, I, think I, she, I think she got away with a like a lot Especially for a PG film. They picked her for a reason, so I don't know... Again, I'll have to see it, like, when I see it, but, like, the idea of them being like, okay, we need something that can represent our brand, instead of picking some no-name director or some famous director who can... Do whatever they tell them to, yeah. They pick someone who is going to fight them on probably every front, and that's such a fascinating concept, you know? Uh, Have you ever seen the uh the back and forths between uh alex hirsch creator of gravity falls and uh disney around about what he could get away with for gravity falls not directly but i know he did like it was a thing it was a thing he has like he has he has the emails saved and he has like dramatic readings of them on on his youtube and twitter and shit and it's hell yeah it's it's super funny the the best one is definitely the instance where uh they wanted to have 
uh wendy give dipper like a poster that said like dude you got to come to this party and then it said like bottles will be spun and like some cheeky bullshit like that whoa and that's crazy and uh the 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 standards and practices board at disney was like hey you absolutely can't do that um that implies fascinating that implies uh you know no adult supervision and he was like okay what if i say uh that the party is not snp approved and standards and practices was like i don't think our audience will get that joke and they and then he was like yeah but can i do it and they were like you saying not smp approved on the poster is smp approved it sounds worse than it is i think (laughs) it sounds like an innuendo when it's not exactly and i think that's yeah but man i should probably watch gravity falls one day you haven't seen it oh man i keep doing this stuff under the pretense that you've seen everything i mean this as a like and i okay i'm gonna get crucified for this i watched the first episode of gravity falls when it premiered like i remember being hyped about it like back in the day when i was a disney channel watcher Mm -hmm. and i remember i watched the very first episode as it premiered and i was like hmm i'm good and then i never watched anything else you know what i was the same way but what we were like 12 or 13 so that was uh I think it made sense to be like that. And I remember picking it back up just before season two of the show happened. And I was so much more invested. And I was so sad when it was over. Um, I like that's it's the kind of show that has a very um, loyal, rabid fan base, you know, like the people who like it really like it, you know? Well, Yeah, because those are the people that solved the, the, the cryptograms and did all the mystery bonus bullshit. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, you, what, what's, uh, Bill Hurts? <laughs> Bill Worst? Bill, <laughs> Bill Worst, the name? musician? Or Bill Cipher, <laughs> the triangle guy? The guy who made Gravity Falls. Alex Hirsch? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, <laughs> Alex Hirsch. Um, he cultivated the fan base by doing that by putting secrets in there you know yeah like he knew he knew who he was catering to but he was Um, also totally writing for a a a young a younger millennial audience at the time by having like references to abba and boy bands and you know do you know what it feels like and and maybe this is this is like what turned me off of it at first it feels like the kind of show for people who haven't yet grown out of disney but feel like they're too old to be watching it and so they need something that's like an excuse to be watching it while not feeling like a kid dude it was you know what i mean it was the perfect tween age show like that's what i'm saying it was right in that age period where it's like i can get away with watching disney because it's gravity falls and it gravity falls is different it's on a different level than everything else, so it's cool that I watch this. Some, you know, they had some fucked up shit in that show, man. But they wouldn't let bottles be spun. Yeah, actually, that's that's a talking point a lot in the community. That it's like, oh, you just like inverted this guy's face and made his eyeball come out of his throat in that one episode, but you wouldn't. Yeah, there's always a thing about blah blah blah. Sex is bad, violence is good. Blah blah blah. American. I feel like just American cartoons get away with a lot of body horror. Yeah, I think it's because it's cartoons that it's there's a suspension of disbelief in there that you can not be as disturbed by it. But I would argue because it's a cartoon and because the options are limitless, the fact that you went out of your way to make something horrific is like yeah. extra fucked up. What are you doing? Yeah, like a, like Stop that. a lot of the like gross ups and grotesque imagery from SpongeBob episodes. It's just like, oh, that's that's where I stopped watching SpongeBob when they started doing that. And I was the like splinter what? episode straight up genuinely and i mean this with all my heart because i i looked this up and i found out my my knowledge might not be completely accurate now because it's been a while there is a like the when um steven hillenberg left spongebob one of the like writers or like producers or whatever stepped up to be like the main director of the series and he's the one who liked the gross out stuff and he's the one who put it in every episode post his uh his leaving the series so that makes so much sense where it was like, 
why do I hate every SpongeBob ep- episode past season three? Yeah. And it's because not only did the creator leave, which is usually a good sign that a series is about to die, but also because the guy who replaced them is the guy who exclusively caters to gross out humor, which is my least favorite kind of humor. Me too. Because it's not humor. Yeah. Can we stop making people throw up in movies, please? Right? I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Any movie that could have been a five, but someone throws up in it, is now a 4.5. <laughs> you have fully, and I, okay, the only thing that has ever gotten past me on this, is, and this is, this is not a film, so it doesn't really count, is Earthbound. Well, Earthbound is still a five out of five, but it's so, it's like right on the cusp, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think the ick is very, like, it's very childlike, and it's very, like... It's played up to be sillier than it, I think, than gross. Yeah. They could have made it grosser if they wanted to, but they didn't. They had the eight, the the bit-crushed burp sound effects for Master Belch. Okay, those are fucking hilarious. I don't care what anybody says. Please put some of those burps in, because that's the funniest shit ever. If it wasn't tied to him... sprinkle throughout the rest of the episode. Please. Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> my mom listens to these she hates when you burp every time so this will be great she'll love that shout out to my mother shout out mother one time um give me give me another round of seconds will you oh good so now i'm going to talk about how much matt hates feminism while he kicks his dog 17 times one time for each time she's barked this episode he's letting her at the door right now and he's going to punt her like a football. There she goes. <laughs> Man, that's so crazy. Don't you agree, Matt? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good. That's You know what? I'm on the fence about it, too, to be honest. <laughs> It's hard to take a side. You gotta stop doing this to me, man. <laughs> you gonna, are you gonna, when you edit this, are you going to listen in and see what I was talking about? Or are you just gonna keep it a surprise? Yeah, you can... We'll see. Um, okay. Ch- That's a little secret between you and me, audience. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> I feel like I just got whacked with a baseball bat. Um, Speaking of Earthbound... Is that why you gave everything Black everywhere all at once a nine? Huh? Oh, probably. <laughs> Wait, does anybody throw up on that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why it has a nine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to think about it for a second, but I was like, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. There's a moment there because it has everything in it. Yeah. So it would have to. And by by accounts, it can't be a ten. It physically can't. I'll listen. I understand, but then also, don't you think that Lisa is a ten? Lisa, the the game. Yeah. I don't know if it's a ten. Oh, okay. I think well, it's a nine. I wasn't sure what you had it cataloged as, but that that game is I, grotesque as it gets. I still haven't completed. Okay, see, that's the thing. Grotesque <coughs> can be utilized well. And I think if you want to talk about Lisa, I got things to say. I, I'm replaying it right now because I do not remember a lot of it. So get back to me on that next week, will ya? Okay. But I will say it's a very good game. I don't know if it's a 10 out of 10, but it's definitely very close. And the grotesque, the grotesqueness is always in service of something, if that makes sense. It's never just gross out for oh. gross out sake. It's always like purposeful in its uh like either narrative or just like establishing the mood Mm -hmm. of the world um the game is it's very very well done it's it's genuinely the best way i could describe it for people who have never played it it is the inverse of earthbound everything that earthbound does it does opposite where earthbound preaches love and friendship and joy this game preaches hatred death and misery yeah (laughs) But in a fun way. In in the same way that Earthbound is a fun, happy game with a uh, with a dark underbelly, Lisa is a dark and horrible game with a silly underbelly. It is very fucking goofy. Silly underbelly is my new band name. Remember, you were asking what my band name would be. 
that's that's my band name is Silly Underbelly. I think I know what that would sound like. It would sound like this. You're gonna put a clip here? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I really, you know what? Absolutely, I agree with you. That's exactly what that would sound like. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. I thought you would. I thought you would like the percussion there. Anyhow, um, thanks. So the the writers. So we we started this episode by talking about uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer, obviously, and the last films to ever be uh, created before the great AI takeover. Yeah, is the. And it's even funnier that you were making that comment that all of these actresses look uh, like Margot Robbie or vice versa. Um, who's your favorite of this list? Who's I, I can name maybe three of them. Who's top center? <laughs> I mean this genuinely. I think that one is Margot Robbie. No, Margot Robbie's bottom right. No, bottom right is Jamie Presley. Oh my god! I know that's Jamie. No, I'm serious. That uh, that's actually Jamie Presley because that's fr- that's like a still from My Name Is Earl. Which shout out My Name Is Earl. That's a great show. Is I don't even know. I don't know if Margot Robbie is even in this in this lineup. Is Margot bottom left then? No, that's definitely not her. She's got like no, the rhinoplasty right, right, nose. You're right. It is definitely not top right. I think it's either top left or top middle. But Margot's nose isn't rounded like that. I, I don't feel comfortable doing this anymore. I'm backing <laughs> out. I'm backing out. I'm done. Oh. Listen, man. All white women look the same. No, and you know I can't. I can't be like <laughs> reducing women to squares in a panel. Like I, I hate it. I feel icky, Freeman. Well, that's fine. They didn't choose to look like that. Um... Uh. Jesus, man. Okay. We could do the same with brown-haired white guys. Yeah, okay, That's that saves this a bit. Barely, but <laughs> Does a bit. It? Listen, I think there's more white guys that look like each other than white girls that look like each other. I think it's probably about even, you know? Nope. <laughs> I think it's pr- you heard it here first, guys. Matt does not believe in equality. I don't. I believe in equity. Which is better for some people. It, that's the point. <laughs> I know. Um, I I guess I'm like we have a limited number of films to look forward to now, and this isn't to take away from the uh, uh, what's the acronym SAG, whatever SAG AFTRA. SAG AFTRA. Thank you. Um, this isn't to take away from the strike because obviously um, these people deserve to be paid. Yeah, the best thing you could do is support everything up until the stuff that's being produced without them and then stop. Yeah, so the... uh, Which is what I... I, See, I'm super pumped about this because that'll give me a large stretch of time to catch up on stuff that I should have been watching a long time ago. I sincerely hope we get to the point where it's just like, there's not... Can you imagine that? Nothing new coming out? What are they going to do? See, you know what would be really fucking sick is if movie theaters knew that and then we're like, all right, we're going to be re- rebooting the classics. Like, mail in and what what do you want to see in the theaters? And we get to, like, have, like, classics back. Okay, because I worked at a movie theater for two years and there would be, like, week-long stretches or two-week stretches where we just were dead, right? Because people are just waiting yeah. for the new thing to come out or there's just nothing good playing or a combination of those two. And... right. I would always like I would just be sitting there waiting for people to come in hand the like my cheek in my palm and I would like look up at my boss who's just sitting there moping just like me and I'd be like why aren't we playing like fucking Jaws or something <laughs> you know right like you, you don't understand I would kill to see some movies in theaters exactly. that i would never have had the chance exactly maybe like movies that came out before i was born and st- i don't i think that's like, is that not an easy win for studios like you don't need to spend the money on a remake fuck that dude just 4k put it back in the theater let me sit down and watch t2 judgment day because i've never had the chance to do that and you know people will see it because there's the crowd of people who remember seeing it and want to see it again and then there's the crowd of people who have never seen it and have an excuse now to watch it <laughs> 
How many people go to see the Ghibli movies when they're in the theater for their one week each year, you know? Yeah, I would kill to see any of the old ones in theater. Dude, they, like... And I don't even like going to the theater. That's how much that means to me. Yeah, they, they play them, like, every year or every second year they do Ghibli Fest, and it's like they just scatter them. It's like one week, we're playing Totoro once a night. It's amazing. Give me that. Yeah, yeah. It's like why? Give me that, but with every other kind. Exactly. Of why do you not have like a dedicated theater, like out of the one of ten or twelve or however many you have in your building, that is like once a week? It's like okay, we're doing T two Judgment Day, and then we're doing Raiders next week, and then we're doing Titanic the week after. You know, and like not everyone is going to come out to see whatever, but. Mm. But like retro theaters and like like indie like like drive-in theaters do like retro nights where they like play old classics and it's like why don't the fucking main theaters do that and make a million more dollars forever? Mm-hmm. Idiots, bunch of idiots. As for new stuff that we do have to somewhat look forward to for now, though, um, the one that I'm most excited about is the Dune sequel. I don't know if you ever got around to watching Dune Part 1, but... No, I probably won't. It doesn't interest me. Not into the sci-fi? I am. I'm just not into this kind of sci-fi, if that makes sense. I get it. I'd say it's worth a shot anyway. I don't... Okay, so, like, I what's, what's the draw? What's the thing where it's like, oh, man, you can't get anything... You can't find this anywhere except Dune. I suppose what do I got well see? the world really and the visuals because it's a it's a sci-fi society that is relatively low tech but also high tech like they don't use guns they use swords because everybody has a shield personal shield on their body that would deflect okay, and I'm in. lasers you know there you go it's okay I'm in shut up <laughs> no I'm serious oh, okay. I'm in that's all you needed to do it's yeah it's it they have they have an interesting world like they don't have computers they have people who are enhanced by drugs to uh function as human computers because there was a point where computers were used and it caused mass chaos and panic hell yeah it's it's a just, just fascinating and awesome to see visually represented and then on top of that there's a space opera story going on so all right i'd say i'll think about i'd it. say it's worth your time it's denis villeneuve as well who did blade runner 2049 um okay and that was and i'm back in again fantastic sci-fi this is me just we're not even podcasting anymore i'm just directly recommending oh. freeman a film right now <laughs> um yeah but i'm i'm super no that's fine i'm super excited we do for, this all the time i'm super excited for part two um and i I'm, I'm okay with hollywood breaking movies up into parts one and two so long as there's actually enough story to be told there and i watched part one about four or five times so i i do remember when that was in theaters you were about it way more than i was expecting you to be. i loved it like the production design the soundtrack it, like i hadn't seen a a, a big scale sci-fi film that really transported me like that in quite some time well the last time it would have been blade runner so yeah um see i'm looking at like what is i just typed in what films are coming out soon and i'm just looking at them going okay yeah <coughs> mm-hmm. what's what's All what right. uh what what speaks to you right now wonka none of them <laughs> Nah, man. Okay, listen. I'm not gonna be one of those guys. I like. What's I like who are those Tim guys? Burton's, I really like Tim Burton's Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Oh well, yeah. I thought, it was, I thought it was really good, and I don't get why people don't like it so much. The music's really fun. It's a unique take on it. And it's actually more accurate to the book. So I mean, and, and you know, this is what I, I this is what I think. Listen, I don't think many people. It's what I think, but I don't think people would really get on your ass about it that much especially because it people i know i know love but in the way i love gene wilder in the wake of this new trailer and shit like the other two are like equals by comparison people are do you know how little 
do you know how little I care about this Wonka movie? I didn't know there was a Wonka movie until right now. Oh, you didn't know? You didn't know that it's not even it's t- not even a little Tim bit. Cham, Timothy Chalamet taking on the. Oh. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Dude, I'm sorry. You have to watch the trailer when we're done. This it's hilarious how bad it is. Is it? Is it gonna be that bad? I think they should have cast Tom Holland as a young Willy Wonka if they were gonna do that. I think Tom Holland's got to take a break. <laughs> They're also making another Hunger Games movie. Um, I see which that. I yeah. am not hungry for. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. That title's way too Almost long. Almost three hours. Yeah, I. No, thank you. I'm good. Uh, Blue Beetle. Okay, Blue Beetle looks cool. Blue Beetle looks goofy, and I'll allow it. I like. I like that. I like. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but I like the guy from Cobra Kai who's the star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. He's I lo- he's he's very good and I want I hope he does a great job and as a fan of Watchmen, Blue Beetle was the inspiration for Night Owl. And so this is the closest we'll get to a good adaptation of Night Owl kind of. <laughs> it's a funny way to say that. I liked the uh the my favorite part of the trailer for Blue Beetle was when uh he's like the beetle shows up and he's like no, he's like You're he's blue. like in the suit, and he's like he's like, dude, I'm like Batman, and his one of his friends is like, Batman's a fascist. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was that was pretty good. Um, oh, dude, I watched the Batman. You watched the Batman. When did you get around to that? The Batman. The Batman. How did we feel about that? Because you have you seen Nolan's trilogy? No, and honestly, don't even really care about it to be honest i will watch them eventually but it's oh, like striking to me that you've never seen at least the dark knight like it's not and not because i care about um, it t- it's like i think it's a fine film tim burton's batman is has your heart tim, ba- tim burton's batman is all i need but this latest it's, one was a pretty good detective flick i thought see that's where i that's where i um i fall to it for batman for me batman is like what makes him unique he's the detective guy mm-hmm. so give him a cool detective story they gave him a cool detective story and i liked that mm-hmm. i had a very good time with this movie eight out of ten that's i i would shake your hand if i could right now i fully agree with you on that it wasn't amazing the cinematography was very nice very nice Ooh, dude i gotta tell you when they were doing the when they were when Batman and Riddler were in the in the room with the glass, and it kept shifting between uh, the Riddler and Batman talking, and you could hear them from the glass or from inside their own rooms, I was like, mm, "That's nice." I liked when that's a nice Batman was uh, pulling up to one of the crime boss layers, and uh, the guys were shooting at him in the hallway, and it was only lit by the gunfire. Ooh, that was a very nice. I love that. See, that was also sick. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's what that's what I'm there for. I know. And like, dude, okay, I've I've said this so many times to everybody I've talked to after I've watched this. My favorite moment. First of all, did not realize Colin Farrell was the penguin until after. <laughs> Straight up had no clue who he was. I was like, this guy's fucking good. Whoever this guy is, like, he needs more acting roles. And then I looked and was like, oh nice <laughs> what up colin farrell just my favorite moment ever is when batman and gordon are like interrogating him and they leave him on the side of the highway and he's waddling and i'm like is a penguin <laughs> and he's waddling <laughs> completely the best movie i've ever completely seen completely intentional like so such a tidy little it's the little things about this one that elevate it <clears throat> because i feel right. like I just feel like... Little things are what makes the world goes round. I feel like it got so much more right than Nolan's trilogy. And people praise Nolan's trilogy a lot for, like, you know, obviously, like, Heath Ledger's performance and stuff. And that's great. But what this had was, you know, a really good detective story overall. Some He doesn't kill people. Yeah. Well, I mean, he... Batman has killed people in pretty much every movie adaptation, except for this one in the first Batman. He absolutely killed Tim people Burton on that highway. Because even in Batman... Even in Batman Begins, have you seen the the bit? It's very where like he very clearly there's like a guy with a an explosive strapped to him or something, yeah. and then Batman punches him and throws him like out a window, and it's like, yeah, he's definitely not coming back from yeah. that. And then you're gonna t- actually I take that back because he also okay he doesn't kill the Joker, but he gets very close to killing the Joker, and then the Joker kind of kills himself. 
kind yeah. of. Yeah. It's iffy, but it's like he had he wanted to kill him, but that like there's a good reason for it, you know. I mean, I'd I'd but I'd like, say it's fair game at this point, but he has his odd shifting moral principles, so he can stick to them. You made me. I made you first. I said that wrong. I made you. You made me first. Um, he absolutely killed he people in the Batman though on that highway. Like those those cars that he blew up. Those people are done, man. Yeah, but he didn't blow them up. He was just chasing the penguin. You can't expect him to stop explosions. He's doing the best he can. All right, all right. Listen. I will say, I will say, I did, like, the the whole, like, the Batman thing of, like, they, they got his rules right. He didn't, like, like, I, I fucking love that when Gordon, like, Kate, like went into the 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 drophead house and he had his gun out and batman just goes no guns and he grabs his gun and it's like yay mm. that's my batman doesn't like guns i don't like guns batman doesn't like guns we're cool mm-hmm. and it also made him um a little too angsty and he reined it in at the end i really liked that the end of the thing was him beating up the the minion who was like i'm vengeance and he's like Oh no! What have I done? I he actually has an I arc. I can't be vengeance anymore. He actually has right? an arc. It's crazy. Which makes me so curious what they're gonna do for the other two movies, where it's like, okay, so now you're the hope of Gotham. If I can, I hope you show it because I don't want another Batman where it's just this Batman again. Make them change. Make them evolve. I will also. I I, I want to speak to the um, characterization, just of Batman and not Bruce Wayne, because. I think a lot of what I know you haven't seen them, but what Nolan's films get wrong is that they focus, they do like a 50 50 split of Batman and Bruce yeah. Wayne. And Bruce Wayne. There's nothing to say Bruce Wayne is about so Bruce Wayne. fucking boring. He's a guy in a suit. All, no, literally, he's a, he's a recluse. He's a rich recluse who sits in his house and makes gadgets. He doesn't have anything to him. <clears throat> Batman is his whole thing. Yeah. That's the whole point, is he has completely neglected his personal life to be Batman. So I was very happy, very happy with the Batman when it... Very minimal, it was, very minimal Bruce Yeah, Wayne. it was like a 90 and when he to did 10 appear, ratio. When he did appear, it was, it was like, oh, now I like, I, it feels like I'm getting to know the guy beneath the suit. It's like, oh, like when I was getting bored of Batman, it was like, oh, oh yeah, there's a guy here. I wonder what, how he's feeling about all this mm-hmm. and then the movie would tell me and i'd be like oh man i'll be doing all right also the scene like where he goes to the 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 like the the mobster hangout yep. as batman and he's like oh, batman and they're like whatever dude and then he shows up and he's like i'm bruce wayne and they're like oh shit everybody get out of the way and it's like that's a fun way to like show his influence over the city Again, it's the little things. Batman is a little thing in a large package. And you can quote me on that. That movie is very long. <laughs> that movie was very long, and I think that they, they could have trimmed. They could have trimmed a little bit. I think... Uh... I don't know that they could have. I, like, I was trying... Because I knew how long the movie was going in, and I was looking at every scene, and I was just thinking, like, what would they cut? What would they get rid of? Shave the cat. woman yeah i mean trim the bits uh, matt here again (laughs) removing women from his films unbelievable i I thought their relationship was uh not very not very great oh their relationship was the worst part of the movie but catwoman's catwoman was great i just didn't like when it was romantic with batman because it's like first of all she was dating the the woman in the apartment Mm -hmm. with him she was still missing when she kissed Batman. She doesn't know she was dead yet. So it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, Your girlfriend is still missing and you're kissing a random guy in a bat suit. What the fuck? That's what I mean. You could have you could have just chopped that off and then you wouldn't have had the awkward forced romance and you would have saved me 20 minutes probably total. But the non-romance parts. Yeah. 
with Catwoman. I really enjoyed. I know it. All, all the like crime her... stuff and her being like a, a femme fatale, and he can't he can't deal with her reckless attitude and shit for vengeance. Yeah, that was awesome. I liked that, and I liked when it was like, okay, now she has the agency. She's going to kill her dad, and it's like, oh no, Batman has to stop her and all the other things going on and it's like he's got a he's a micromanaging king right but then at the same time they're arcing together where it's like she's just going deeper into vengeance and he gets to watch it's like a mirror for him being like oh well i don't want that for myself so i should turn around now yeah so i hope because they made it very clear like we're probably gonna see her again i hope they give her a better role i hope she does more things yeah and i hope she's uh not I hope she doesn't kiss Batman once. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that whatever they do for the next one, what, what do you call it? The the Batman 2? <laughs> Dude, okay, I gotta tell you the funniest fucking thing. So, do you know about the whole thing, um, Tim Burton's uh, Batman, what it was supposed to be the trilogy? No. <clears throat> okay, so after Batman Begins, they cut Tim Burton from... Uh, the sequel to Batman Begins, or not Batman Begins, Batman Returns. So there was Batman, then Batman Returns. Tim Burton was supposed to return for the third movie, but they cut him because he made Batman Returns too dark and too, like, not appealing for, like, toy companies and stuff. So they were like, we can't, like, you, you're you not listening to us, so we gotta get a new director in. And that's why Michael, Michael Keaton wasn't in it. Uh, I think it's Batman Forever and Batman and Robin are the two ones. They're set in the same universe as Batman and Batman Returns, just with a completely different cast and director and everything. <laughs> what, so what should have been it? just it's it takes place in the same universe, quote unquote. Um, but it's what's so fascinating is what could have been. We would have had Michael Keaton return, Michelle Pfeiffer return. Tim Burton return as the director. We would have had uh, Billy D. Williams as Two Face. We would have had Robin Williams as the Riddler. And do you know what it would have been called? Batman Continues. That's what Tim Burton pitched as the third movie. I don't know how he's alive. <laughs> right? It's so, but like I kind of love it. I would, I would like, I would have liked to see Robin William uh, Riddler. Right, it's so, dude. You gotta. I'm gonna, I'm gonna either you look this up or I'm gonna send it to you. There's a whole thing about. Okay, have I? Do you know about the Robin Williams beef with with the Joker role? No. Okay, so obviously, is um, he like supposed to have it, and then Jack Nicholson took over, or? the opposite actually jack they wanted jack nicholson as the joker and his agent wasn't returning their calls so they put they basically were like okay jack nicholson isn't listening to us if we offer this role to someone else high profile then he'll have to take the role because it's being offered to someone else so they offered the joker to robin williams so that jack nicholson would respond to them he immediately responds and then they cut Robin Williams and then Robin Williams was so pissed about it and they were like okay so now we want you as the Riddler in the third movie and he's like fuck you guys mm -hmm. you used me as mm -hmm. bait you bastards <laughs> you you used me as chum what's that a reference it's not a reference I'm just just, oh. I can just say things, Freeman. Not everything has to be a reference. I really, but you were setting it up like it's a thing. I was just, I was just overthinking how to enunciate it. See, I was thinking of the, do you know, balloon shop. I was thinking of a balloon shop video where they go, "You will make chum of them." <laughs> Smart Shark will make chum of them. You know what? Anyway, I think that. Whatever films come next, I th I would like to see right after the SAG after strike ends and people start getting paid what they're supposed to be get paid. I want movies to start. I want to see like like just promise me that right after it ends, we get a slew of originals, like just new IPs and properties 
from I like that big studios big companies throw new shit at me just like blow my mind please I feel like when this is over there's going to be I feel like there has to be like with how long it's it feels like it's going to last there's gonna have to be some big restructuring you know Mm -hmm. and I feel like that might shake up the the industry enough for people to like I don't know try something new yeah dude anything else 160,000 people and I don't know if I'm and no one has an assault rifle sorry go ahead what what were you gonna say I was just gonna I was just gonna say that uh, I don't know if this is correct or not but I heard that like the only major quote-unquote major studio that um uh, like complied to SAG AFTRA's uh <coughs> regulations or whatever was a24 well so <laughs> technically and why why should that surprise anybody? Well, right, but it's like that means while nobody else is is able to make movies, A24 is still going to be pumping up their saying crazy shit. I would And so like Yeah, I there will be a point where the only movies in theaters will be the batshit crazy A24 films, and I think that's going to be a funny like couple of months. I think that would be kind of awesome to just have a slew or 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 people okay seal next time on exitainers <laughs> <laughs> no i really want to hear what you're gonna yeah, say that's unfortunate isn't it you should have thought about that's that before you opened your fucking mouth <laughs> exit 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 Exit. Exit.